Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the kickoff in the Valley podcast where I am not the voice of Gunnar Jackson. It's the bird God. If you're watching on any type of visual medium coming to you live from the void as I bring in Tyler Vasquez, you know him as the leader of the bird gang travel club. And quite frankly, your conduit to the Arizona Cardinals as they try to wrap up one of the uh, more miserable seasons in recent memory. How are we Tyler? I think my new title is investigative journalist. Oh, uh, hello. We, we have a breaking speculation story that we will unwrap as the episode goes on that I've kind of pieced together uh, over the last 24 hours that that to me is going to be the title of the episode. But we'll get into that and more uh, in a little bit. Sure. And just that's, uh, that's what, that's what we call a tease in the business. Oh, you know what business, I mean? We're yeah. teasing for later on. So here's how we're going to kick things off, though, because there are a few things we want to cover here. Obviously, normally, this would be the Behind the Enemy Lines episode, talking about the matchups, what are we looking for, what do we want to see. But a lot of that goes out the window when you're just bleeding the clock to getting the heck out of this miserable season. So we are going to discuss a little bit along the way here. You've been watching the uh, in-season hard knocks, so there's a little tidbit, little takeaway from uh, – from one of the high-profile players for the Cardinals and what could be coming in this offseason, and obviously more news around Sean Payton. But we kick it off kind of tangentially tied to the possibility of turning over New Leaf this offseason. There have been some big opportunities for the Cardinals over the years to maybe shift the excitement, shift the outlook for their franchise via trade, maybe even via free agency, just high-profile names that they constantly come up short on. You, well, have a, I, you have a bit of a list here, Tyler. Yeah, well, I, and, and this is more even more than just the NFL. It's just Valley sports here in, in Arizona. Yeah, just like, Arizona, yeah. Yeah, like for many teams, we're always the bridesmaid, never the bride, it, it seems. as. So before we tap the keg on this, like, what, do you, what do you think that is? Do we think that Arizona ends up being the, you know, the little, the little bait, for the real team that a player wants to go to for the real landing spot, just to get those dollars up or just that it just sometimes doesn't pan out. I think it's just coincidence because it's right. weird. I, I mean, all things stacking for itself. We're in Arizona, you know, taxes aren't too bad here compared right. to other places. Now I know if you go to Florida or, or markets, you know, there's other markets where the taxes are a little bit better. But when we talk about some of these names, the people we've lost have sometimes gone to teams that, it's like, why would you go there? But uh, it, it, 
it's just, I think it's just a weird coincidence over the years. And maybe we just haven't had the best negotiators, but the, the list is crazy. I, I mean, you, you look at it and really this is the NFL. Cause I think this is the most interesting when we're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely start with NFL, yeah. but, but there are, there are some big names over the last 30 years. And I put this on Twitter just to see what people would come up with. Some of these, I remember some of these, I don't just to be candid. Cause some of them, I was like eight years old and, and don't really, and I didn't have time to kind of research and see if this was true or not. So I'm going to read out some names. If, you, you weren't planning crazy. for the podcast uh, back when you were eight years old. You weren't. You, you no, think no, you think, no, yeah. no, no, no. But, but let's start in the NFL. And the reason we bring this up, obviously, is because Sean Payton right now, like everyone is excited. And, and actually, before we get into that, let's say this. The Cardinals have done a really good job. If you, if you go back to uh, the movie Draft Day, right, the the NFL uh, classic Draft Day. You've brought the, hold on a quick pause. You've brought this up before this show on the podcast. Yeah. Do you like that movie? Oh, it's a great, like, on a Saturday. It is one of the worst things <laughs> I have ever sat through in my life. Come on. It is, so, it is such a, it is such a cliche, like, weird propaganda Listen. NFL piece. I just, sorry, I know I, Listen, you're you're, you're road here, you're but in Arizona right now. and I love me some Kevin Costner, but that is a yeah. trash here, movie. Listen, here in Arizona right now, it's rainy day. It's yeah. we're recording this at about 1030 in the morning. Now, if this was a weekend right now. Granted, this is a work work day. So, you know, some of us have to get back to work. But sure, sure. on a 1030, let's say a Saturday morning, okay. that movie's on, on on one of the movie channels. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is really on. It's like, yeah, let's, I'm in for some draft day. Let's throw it on. Now, by no means am I ever like, mm -hmm. oh, I need to watch draft day. It's more <laughs> one of those. If it's on, I'm gonna throw it on. But I wanna I wanna talk okay. about there's a scene in the movie where sure. the owner of the team says to Coach Costner, uh, says to him, You know why people ride roller coasters? They like to get wet. Uh, and he says, I want you to make a splash, right? Or people pay to get wet. Like that's right. what he was saying, right? That was the whole premise of this big, <laughs> right. like uh, what is it, six flags water ride that they had. And so uh, with that being said, the Cardinals have made a splash the last couple of years, right? Like Hollywood Brown last year, they traded their yep. first round pick for Hollywood Brown. Uh, I want to say the year before was the signing of JJ Watt. The year before that was the trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Like every single year, they've kind of made a move year before that uh, being the first overall pick dumping Rosen and adding and adding Kyler Murray. Like every year when the Cardinals <laughs> come off a bad season, and you think all hope is lost, they've redeemed themselves with a big splash. So let's talk about like moves that could have been. And when we talk about the NFL, some that come to mind, the one, the glaring one to me, and, and this is really what I equate the Sean Payton hope that we have mm -hmm. is Peyton Manning. He gets released from the Indianapolis Colts. He goes on a free agent tour. Yeah, he does. And there was a moment where the betting odds were the Cardinals were number one to get Peyton Manning. He came and took a tour, hung out with Larry Fitzgerald. Like everybody thought for a day that he was coming here. Now, in hindsight, you knew he probably wanted to stay in the AFC away from his brother and things like that. That was kind of a rumor that came out. So he didn't come to fruition. He goes to the Broncos. He wins a Super Bowl. Again, bridesmaid, not the bride. But that was one that I remember being super pumped for. And I, I've never been more excited than the opportunity to land Peyton Manning. And, and you felt like it was close. Like that was yeah, such a, a, an opportunity just missed. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, and you think we, we all know how it goes for Peyton in his time in Denver. So you can also kind of look at it and think about what could have been from that standpoint as well. Who do you, and in twenty eighteen is that is that the is Colt when is who's your quarterback in twenty eighteen when you go oh, twenty fifteen sorry when you go into the twenty fifteen season who's your quarterback that year then go into fifteen it was. Uh... Oh gosh, journeyman um, played with the Browns, played with the Panthers. Uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Pulling it up right now. Oh, Carson Palmer. Oh no, no, no. I'm thinking someone. There was a there was a gap between Carson and then the Rosen, or maybe I'm oh, mixing the these up. Carson and Warner. Maybe it was Carson and Warner time where it was kind of like a shuffle. And I'm blanking on right. the guy's name. He played for the Browns. He was a bum. He was terrible we had like a circus of quarterbacks kind of in that time. Uh, yeah, Cause I, I was just lining it up with it. like, cause it really it came down to it was lining it up with when Peyton Manning, who plays for the Denver Broncos for 20, what does he go? 2012, 2013. Yeah. So 2012, he goes there and he ends 2015, 16. So just like, where were you at the end of Peyton's run? Where were you at the beginning of Peyton's run in Denver? That's a four year. It's a four year window where by the way, over that stretch, you're dreaming on what it could have been. Peyton Manning threw for 37, 55, 39. And then, as we all know, that sweet, beautiful year, nine touchdowns <laughs> when he went out the door on a, on a Super Bowl win. But, I mean, he w- he set the NFL record at the time there with that 55-touchdown performance in 2013-14. Like, that's what you could have been setting up for and arguably still at a time when Larry Fitzgerald, you mentioned him as being a part of the visit. Like, Larry was still producing in 2012, 2013, 2014. You could have had one of the more prolific tandems in NFL history between like high profile wide receiver, high profile quarterback, two Hall of Famers. So that's what I was really, I was just wondering. You ended up with uh, in 2015, you closed out with Carson Palmer at the helm. But if we go all the way back to that 2012 season, you're rocking a little bit of John Skelton. Yeah, I'm mixing up my I'm mixing up my years. I'm looking at 2010. I was thinking of Derek Anderson. That's who I was thinking. Ah, of. yeah, yeah. He so was in 2010. And then you go over to Carson Palmer. Like he's your well, quarterback for the run. No, no, no. So that's so, who you pivoted to. So 2010 was Derek Anderson, some John Skelton. Then they trade yeah. for Kevin Cobb. Remember that big trade? Oh, well, yeah, that was uh, seismic. Well, it was it was a big deal. <laughs> no, it was Kevin big at the time. I know. Huge, now you look back at it. You know, it. yeah, afterwards it was nothing. But then John Skelton again, and then you had John Skelton. Ryan Lindley, Hoyer, then you had Palmer, Palmer Drew Stanton. So Palmer, well, they were going to go into that season. Now, now that this triggers my memory, they were going to go in with Drew Stanton. That Bruce Arians had us all sold that Drew Stanton was going to be the guy. And then they were able to make a trade for uh, Carson Palmer wanted out of Oakland at the time. And right. that's what ended up happening. But well, so you listen, got, you could have had Peyton Manning. And you yeah, we could have had Peyton Palmer. Manning. Could have had Peyton Manning. Other moves, Andy Reid, right before we got Bruce Arians, he was a marquee when we talk coaches. He was a big name that the Cardinals were rumored to want to have. Mm. Now, I don't know. I think there was an interview. I think they had a meeting. I don't know if it was an interview. Let's just say it was a meeting between ownership and Andy Reid. Ultimately, he chooses the Chiefs and does not come here. So that's another one that could have changed your – I mean, we've seen what Andy Reid has done with – with Patrick Mahomes and things like that. So I tell you what, when you list, when you sent me this list and you're looking at like, okay, Peyton Manning, we obviously know what he did in Denver, but that's, you're going to a team that's set up. They had that dominant defense. It's the end of your career. You can kind of go one way or the other about what could have happened. What could have been for Arizona, but the Andy Reid one, 
Like Andy Reid is a builder of teams, right? Like mm-hmm. he, you understand, ends up with obviously Patrick Mahomes, and that's enormous. But his system works. That yeah. is a high-functioning system that you can rely on to make you a competitive team year in and year out. And if you're thinking about it like from that standpoint, that I think is probably amongst this list because Arizona, because you even have, I know you have Donovan on list, uh, list McNabb, obviously well, Joe Montana, hold, hold on. There's, and his there's career, just, that didn't matter either. Let me give you a weird parallel here. Yeah. Like there was rumors, Bruce Arians has gone on record that the Cardinals were going to trade up and take Mahomes. So what if you ended up with Andy Reid now you have Andy Reid and potentially trade up and get Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and Greg you Dorch is, saying? you know, going to the Greg Pro Dorch Bowl this year. Yeah, you you damn right he would have. Yeah, the other about, ones. Yeah, outside of the NFL was nice. Yeah, outside of the NFL, re- most recently, obviously, and this one I completely blinked on because I'm just trying to block it out of my memory. Kevin Durant from this offseason, something you know a little bit about. That was big buzz that the card or that the Suns were going to make a trade for Kevin Durant. Other ones, Scotty Pippen, I, I'm pretty sure that was after the Bulls run when he ended up, didn't he go to Houston after? I think something like that, if I remember he right. Houston, he played for, uh, I think he played for the Trailblazers as well. Or the Trail, yeah, there you go. So one of those times he was, uh, someone said to me, he was all but guaranteed to come here. A couple of years ago, LaMarcus Aldridge, that was a huge one for us. Like he was a big went to, time also went to the Nets. No, he ended up going to San Antonio, didn't he? Or did he leave? Was that when he was leaving San Antonio? I'm trying to remember a timeline here. No, this, so this yeah, he no, he was ago. in San Antonio, left there. Um, he was going to pseudo retire. He had the heart issue that ended up keeping him out. But he he came to Brooklyn. So then he seasons. signed. He ended up signing with the Nets, but then had yeah. the heart issue. I remember yeah. it ended up being like all kind of for nothing because it was a big hyped situation, and then he ended up not. He had the heart issue and everything else. So that was a big one. Another one I see here is Dennis Rodman quote before he lost his mind in '94. Uh, he was one that was rumored. He lost his mind. It was after he lost his mind that he contributed to the Bulls winning championships. I mean, he, that, that's the back end of the dynasty run there. He's okay, a part so, of the. So right around when he lost his mind. Another one was Kobe Bryant. Remember Kobe when he was oh, yeah, going to brief... leave the Lakers? Yep. There was talk he was going to come to the Suns. So that was a that was a potential big. I mean, what would have been if, if Kobe Bryant played here? Do we get a ring? I mean, there, there's just all these potential. Another big one in baseball was David Wells back when he was still in his heyday. He actually had a big meeting here. They tried to sell him on the pizza and how it was great here. <laughs> it's apparent story. I have a whole story on that one. Was that uh, post that Yankees career? I, it was in. I'll tell you right now because I got tagged on the whole story here. This was well set to sign with D-backs. This was in 01. So this is post the World Series win. Okay, yeah. The point is, he had played with the Yankees at that point. So the idea of Phoenix trying to sell, and I'm not knocking Arizona, not knocking the food there, but trying to sell someone on the pizza in Arizona when you just lived in New York for so many years might have been a misstep on the pitch. (laughs) So the quote from Jerry Colangelo, obviously legendary owner, owned the D-backs, owned the Suns. Yeah. I think I'm six for six at pizza, uh, Pizzeria Bianco. So they took him to a uh, great establishment, Pizzeria Bianco, and mm-hmm. they tried to close him. And then the deal ended up falling through and he didn't end up coming here. So anyway, all... I think it said he was 38 at the time. So I don't know how much of a difference that would have made. But yeah, I knew, I don't I don't remember David Wells being peak physical condition just as a uh, athlete standpoint. Yeah, that's a good um... point as well. It does. So. This all brings up, I think this all comes to the head of, because it's all around the buzz of Sean Payton and the potential that Arizona mm-hmm. could be on the short list of places that he's going to go. We know he's putting his staff together. We know that he's preparing for wherever he's going to head, that 
it, it's imminent and you need to have what you need to have basically a franchise that maybe feels like they came up well short on expectations in recent seasons, a, uh, an organization that feels like their head coach has not been successful, an organization that thinks maybe their GM could be on the way out. All of these things indicate that the Arizona Cardinals would be a prime landing spot. My question to you is this though, because the, the one thing I think we know is the Cardinals are not going to move on from Kyler Murray. No. And I find it interesting if you look at teams and say, what would Sean Payton prefer? Bringing in his own quarterback and what he wants to do or having an already established player? And I bring it up because now we have this laundry list of, and these are you know different orders as far as who cares about where they could play next. Derek Carr is getting benched right now. Because they don't want to pay out the injury kick that comes in if he gets hurt over the remaining two games. Matt Ryan for the Colts, it's the same thing. He's guaranteed $12 million. He kicks in another $17 million if he were not to be able to pass a physical in the offseason. So there's all these benchmarks that are kind of setting things up potentially for a lot of QBs that could be on the move. And that the thought that came to mind was, does Sean Payton want to go where there's already a quarterback and there's a difference between established quarterback and maybe Kyler Murray, who's been up and down, or does he want to walk into an organization saying, this is my guy that I want brought in, and I'll, then I'll build this thing going forward? Yeah, I, I don't know. When we saw that tape of him at the scouting combine yep. and was raving about Kyler Murray, and then we've seen him post that on shows like, uh, what was the show, Colin Cowherd on The Herd, kind of raving about Kyler Murray then. I don't know. I, I just feel like he looks at Kyler Murray and he looks at, like, this guy's been done a disservice. And right. so I almost, that's why I almost feel like, again, when you ask me about all these players that what could have been players and coaches, yeah, yeah, the only two moves I've ever felt great about. Okay. Three moves, Peyton Manning, uh, Kevin Durant, because I, during this off season, I, I mean, it seemed like it was all but a done deal at times yeah. here in the Valley might've been different in your neck of the woods. Uh, you know, be that you're in New York, but, or New Jersey, don't want to mix those two up. But the third one would be Sean Payton. Like I, right now, when I look at how everything's aligning, I feel, I'm, I don't know if this is just a weird fan of me and I'm just praying for the best. But when I look at all the pair, like everything, how it's lining up, I just don't see how the Cardinals don't make this move. I just really don't. And then you watch hard knocks last night. And there's a shot after they lose the game of Michael Bidwell, like just with a death stare as he stands next to Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And it's just silent. And then you hear Cliff like trying to give a rah-rah about you guys play your asses off and blah, blah, blah. And Michael just looks pissed. And I just don't see when you, when you see the visuals and you see that situation, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think Michael Bidwell is a good poker player. Like, right. I think that was a dead tell that we're going to break. We're going to blow this up. This is over. So, do you have, do you have any concern about being a desperate franchise and giving, you know, virtually total control to Sean Payton or anybody um, coming in the door like that? Because we have a lot of instances where like, you know, being the, let's say uh, being the cook and also buying the ingredients is sometimes a dangerous premise right like if you bring in Sean Payton it's going to be hey if I say we're done with this player we're done with him if I say I want to go get this guy we're gonna go get this guy right like he's gonna dictate total terms now I think maybe the easy answer is it hasn't gone well so you want to pivot 
But there is also that world where, like, you bring someone in like this, they have total autonomy. Who was the last one that had the chance to do this? It actually happens in the NBA a lot. Van Gundy had this happen when he went to the Pistons. Uh, Stan Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. He was going to be the GM, and he's also going to be the coach. And then that thing crumbles because he has it in his mind what he wants to accomplish. Are, are we yeah. set on that Sean Payton's going to want to be the GM? No, no. I want to bring well, somebody in that maybe he's friendly with as a GM. You know what I mean? Well, okay, but it's, uh, even that, though. Like, again, like I guess I'll say it that way because there's so many instances, specifically inside the NFL, it is always – almost a recipe for disaster when you do things out of order and out of order always means when you have a holdover quarterback and you bring in a new head coach, but you say, we want to keep that guy under center. Or when you bring in a new head coach, but you say, we're still sorry. When you bring in a new GM, but you tell him we're going to keep the head coach in place. Right. Even if like sometimes things can work out in the short term, but typically it's, Hey, we hire the GM one that we like. He hires the head coach that he likes and that head coach gets the QB that he likes. Now, I guess, there is that world where Kime stick is still a part of this organization and as the GM and it's and Kime is saying, yeah, of course I want Sean Payton. If I can get Sean Payton, we can probably fix this thing. Mm-hmm. And then if Sean Payton likes Kyler Murray, it can be a an oddly put together, but ultimately still the right chain of command. I do just wonder, though. I do wonder because all of a sudden you start getting into that friction and you could be four weeks into a season or into the offseason and you start to hear the rumblings that Sean Payton doesn't like the GM that's in place or that Kyler Murray is not getting on, on the same page with Sean Payton. And that can just end up leading to a bigger disaster. And it could, I mean, but then again, what, how much bigger of a disaster is it than we have right now? I mean, you're already, to me, all you have is to go up at this point. I just don't know like how bad can it get? You compound what, two or three more years. I mean, four more years, whatever. And then you move on again. Uh, a name that was thrown at me was was the Saints VP and Assistant General Manager Jeff Ireland would potentially be a candidate for GM and would go hand in hand with Sean Payton because of their time together in New Orleans. You say they had, they were together there, right? Yeah. So I mean, to me, it's kind of like you're getting a package deal at that point. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I but again. The Cardinals need to, and we've said this before, but we'll say it again. The Cardinals history has always been to promote from within and from always like the devil they know versus the devil they don't. Well, unfortunately, anyone that they promote from within, all that person knows is losing. Like, <laughs> in the, at the pro level. Like, right. Because we've never been a real serious contender. We've had, you know, we've had a couple shots, but we've not been a contender year after year. We haven't, I think of like the Carolina Panthers run where they were in the playoffs virtually every year. You look at the, obviously yeah. the Patriots is a great example. There's many teams, the Packers for how many years do they like consistently make the playoffs? Like the Cardinals haven't had a run like that. You know, they'll make right, the right. playoffs. Promoting from within is maintaining a winning culture or maintaining a certain mentality. But yeah, when yeah. the bad. Yeah. So at this point, I think they need definitely the outsider's perspective someone that's comes from a culture of winning. Like I look at the saints, they had a good run for a long time. So you bring in a Sean Payton and, and a Jeff Ireland, and you bring those guys in with outside glasses to see yeah. like what's going on internally and say, Hey, here's some things we need to change. An example I made the other day was Edron James. When the Cardinals mm-hmm. signed Edron James from the Colts coming off some success, I think he had already won. I'm pretty sure they had won the Super Bowl right before uh you bring him in i remember one of the things and and today it sounds crazy and this sounds like the stupidest analogy but at the time it was such a like 
it was such a shakeup of the culture. We didn't have Wi-Fi in our practice locker room. And, and, and Edron James gets here. He goes into the practice locker room and is like, how the hell you guys not have Wi-Fi here? And just things as simple as that. Edron James right. came in and was right. like, this needs to change. This needs to change. Uh, and, and you now look fast forward. The Cardinals have a awesome like cafeteria set up with professional cooks and all the, you know, they have a wellness program. They have all these things that like, I don't think they had in the early, like late nineties, early two thousands. And it's, it's like outside people come in that have respect because of their success they've had and they've helped change our culture. And that's what we need again. I think that's what, what is needed at this time. And so again, that's why we hope Sean Payton ends up as an Arizona Cardinal. We try now, to, uh, I try to limit, ahead. I try to limit my references to the Giants, but I will say that that's a good example of they looked at the Buffalo Bills, a team that's been building successfully now over the last handful of seasons. They pluck their assistant GM and Joe Shane, mm-hmm. then he takes their offensive coordinator and Brian Dable. And it really was, there were certain things when Shane first came into the organization, he said, I mean, he made five, six new hires. He created new positions within the organization saying these are things that we need. Some of them were like you were kind of mentioning about with the Cardinals and Edron James. Some things were like a player liaison. It was someone who is separate from anyone specifically, not a GM, mm-hmm. not an assistant GM, not a coach. It was someone the players could go to and say, hey, I'm having an issue with Wi-Fi in the locker room or I'm having something issue specifically related to the team. And they could then facilitate what made the most sense. So sometimes those fresh eyes do certainly help. Um, I did make mention of Derek Carr inside of this conversation here, um, talking about Sean Payton and where we want to go, but he's adding to this list, and you you kind of developed this thought around what this offseason could look like as this list of QB-needy teams kind of gets a little bit longer here. Yeah, no, we talk about QB-needy teams, and, I mean, it's crazy. When you look at it right now, and the reason that we bring this up is because when the Cardinals right now sit at four, We've seen it the past couple of years. How many times do teams trade up to get the quarterback that they want? And does this now position the Arizona Cardinals to make a move to stockpile draft picks? You know, if they get to the third pick or even at four, like right now, Houston, obviously probably going to go quarterback at at one. Now at two, does does Chicago trade out or does Denver move up to two? Do they trade out because they both? theoretically have quarterbacks and then the Cardinals do they trade out I I mean there's there's a few quarterbacks of note that can move up you look at Kyler Murray pre-draft like a couple months prior he wasn't rumored to be in the top three four five picks he was further down in the first round all of a sudden the steam of, of Cliff Kingsbury and things like that catapulted him to the first overall pick that stuff happens as, as you get to be about 30 days from the draft, right? After the combine, like guys start to move. People see like, oh, this might be the savior of our team. But we look at this list, Carolina Panthers going to need a quarterback. Raiders at this point, this is over. This marriage with Derek Carr is definitely over. I don't see how they're bringing him back unless they were to fire the coach, the coaches and bring in new coaches. But I don't see that happening. So yeah, and this is where... So this is where it gets interesting because you you sent yeah. over a list to me that included teams like the Panthers, the Raiders, Seahawks with the question mark around it because they I think they'll probably bring back Geno Smith. It depends if they probably... yeah if they retain Geno Smith or not. Right. 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 And then you also have Washington, which makes a lot of sense. Big choice there. Falcons. You're going to see the next couple of weeks. Desmond Ritter. They just drafted him. Does he show them enough where they feel like he's the franchise guy? Might be hard pressed to think they would pivot off him, but they are going to be the top of the draft. So mm-hmm. you have to at least explore it. Colts, Saints, Texans, uh, Bucks, 
Jets, Dolphins, all with kind of maybes around them. Oddly enough, what a what a bummer. Well, but for here's Tua. the thing about wait, real quick on the Falcons. The thing about Desmond Ritter, he was a third round pick. So, oh, for sure. Like, so you can always yeah. If yeah, you have a first not, round talent that you think you can go get, there's yeah. a big difference there for sure. Um, but we were just saying, yeah, Tua, like he he's another one, Miami. I mean, there was rumors yesterday that like just the way the the head coach was talking, uh, McDaniel's was talking, he was alluding to like he needs to have some serious conversations, see how he's feeling, like like this, he he needs a, he's going to consult with a doctor, like oh yeah, three I mean, you're concussions about- in one season. Does that pose the end of Tua? You know, as an NFL player, I don't know. Yeah, so it at least opens up that conversation. Here's what I think becomes interesting about it, though, because when you go over and you look right now, and like, and you, I think you make the really good point that as you get closer to the draft, things are going to move a little bit. But you've got Bryce Young there at the top of the list. You've got C.J. Stroud in and around that top five conversation. And then as you get into like the middle of the first round, probably names that are going to move up as you start getting going with it. It's whether or not does a QB like Will uh, like Will Levies out of UK. You also have, what, the product down out of Florida who's maybe looking more like a second-round prospect. But if you're needy enough, when do you want to push that button to maybe go get him? Hooker out of Tennessee. Like, there are a handful of guys, at least four quarterbacks, that are either in the top or sniffing around the first round and are potentially going to move up the board. The bigger question to me becomes, like you said, the Raiders. Okay, are they a QB needy team in the draft? Or are they a QB needy team on the market? Because they have a lot of weapons there. They have a lot of things in place right now. You would think True. that they want a veteran player that's better than Carr. I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying that they what, didn't. You what know. veterans are going to be available? Like I look at it, like Tom Brady's going to be on the move, and that's his former offensive coordinator in, in no, New England. And, and maybe that solves one. Tom Brady's right. one, but like right, right. who else? Like Matt yeah. Ryan. Is anyone really looking at Matt Ryan after the last? between his stint here and his stint, how he ended in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like there's some, yeah, you got him. Um, you could throw out right in your division. What's going to happen with Jimmy oh, G. Garoppolo. How does the league Jimmy look G. at him? Yeah. You know, but, but, but your, but to your point, there's going to be, I feel like there's, there's less quarterbacks this year that are going to be available. Veteran quarterbacks. Yeah. Than there was last year. Last year, there was like five or six with, with, uh, uh, Russell Wilson being available. There was talks of Aaron Rodgers might be available. There was a lot of guys, yeah. you know, pre pre some things shaking out that people thought, wow, this is going to be a, a QB heavy free agency. Mm-hmm. And now this year you look at it and it's like, there's a couple, but there's a so lot more teams that need quarterbacks, right? Out of all those teams that we listed, which one? Cause I think like the jets are a team that would look for, again, a Jimmy G kind of someone they can plug in because they feel like their defense is what it right now. Which one of those teams do you think would want to be moving up to get to, would be willing to move up that would be willing to give the Cardinals Indy. a significant draft haul to come get their guy? Cause I don't think, you know, it's probably only about 40% of those teams listed that realistically would be willing to sacrifice to come up to get their guy. Well, here's who it would be to me. I mean, if Chicago and Denver stays in front of you, it's Indy at five, Atlanta at six, Carolina at eight. Yep. Maybe the Raiders at nine. So, like I, I mean, yeah. you you know, I, you, you're not going to drop two. If you're the Cardinals, you're also not dropping too far back. So right. Even if the Jets say the Jets wanted it right now, they're 15. They're 15. So, so yeah. I, I don't see the Jets being able to, they'd have to give up all you're going to get more picks if you trade with the Jets because they're going to have to give you up more equity in the future, not necessarily yeah. this draft. Uh, By the way, and- don't forget, 
Don't forget that uh, Miami forfeited their first round pick this year because of the tampering that they had in the yep. offseason when they were trying to land Tom Brady and it didn't work out and everything mm-hmm. else. Like That's that 22. right there means that they can't even they can't even be in the discussion if two is not going to be available. They're going to have to pivot somewhere else because they're not even going to have a first round pick um, that they can utilize. So it, it it does become interesting, man. Even you mentioned some, about teams some, too far down teams, like Washington. Some teams are legitimately just going to have to sign a guy to be a stopgap for like a year as like a bandaid and wait till next year. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Here's two names that I would keep, keep on your mind. If you're talking about teams that want to come up or teams that are going to hold over Gardner Minshew currently backing up in Philadelphia. I think that, do I think that he's, you know, a superstar? No. Do I think he can be serviceable? Yes. And then Taylor Heineke is an interesting one for Washington as well. Cause I, I don't know what their intentions are there. They'd love to get away from Carson Wentz, probably. I don't I got think that his one. market value matters anymore. <laughs> you know, he's now cycled mm-hmm. through. So I, those are the probably Heineke, I actually think, depending on what Washington chooses to do, some teams may look at him as, hey, guess what? He's a gunslinger. He can win you some games. He can be exciting, like, it's it's it, which is indicative of what's going to be available, right? Some veteran guys like Brady and Garoppolo at the you know at certain yep. points of their career, and then other dudes that have maybe primarily been journeymen and are bubbling up here a little bit. Another name I'll throw but, out, but those journeymen yeah. are going to be they're literally going to be like band aids, like oh we're going to sign them for yeah, years, yeah, see what happens. They're going to be a Matt Ryan. We're going to take a flyer yeah. to Matt Ryan, see what happens. If he can help right this ship, then we'll keep him longer. If not, we got to move on. I got a name that I think everyone's forgetting because he had a lot of success at the beginning of the season until B was replaced. Jacoby Brissett was That's great a good one. for Cleveland. That's a really good one. Yeah. He had them in contention, all things considered. I mean, granted, you know, you know, within reason. Whatever the but, ceiling you think it's going to be. But yeah, he's still playing yeah. good football, though. Yeah. How about this one? I'll throw out one other one in this QB. And then, and then the real question that all of this means is, what does it mean? How does it help potentially the Cardinals? I think yeah. the, the conclusion we're coming to here is, you mentioned this about your desire for what you'd like to see them do at the top of the draft and not really worry about maybe, you know, trading down or going for another quarterback and pivoting off of Murray. Eventually you'd like them to go for uh, Anderson, I believe out of Alabama and get that, get that real defensive stud, put him to anchor that defense, really turn this thing in a different direction on that side of the football. How about Ryan Tannenhill? Because Tennessee is on the cusp of maybe blowing it up. They drafted Malik Willis. Now, whether or not they they just, benched him today they, yeah they, no, they benched they benched Tannenhill Tannenhill I think has the exact same structure that no, all no, the no, quarterbacks no. have I just got a text an hour or 30 minutes ago that they benched Willis after oh, his bad performance <laughs> yeah I don't know if that's so, true I, I have not val- validated that but I got so a that text. would be but and even that situation right do you hold on to Tannenhill who's a serviceable yeah. player can play at a high level if things are right around him have a strong defense etc or as some people have kind of suggested it's like or is Tennessee about to go through a bit of a rebuild, right? Because now you have Henry, he's up there. Tannenhill's a veteran quarterback. Maybe you missed on Malik Willis, and now all of a sudden, you're, and, you, and you already gave up your, your best wide receiver to the Eagles in a trade. Like They may actually be a lot closer to doing like a mini rebuild than they are to trying to just retool and get competitive again next year. So if that's yeah. the case, then Tannenhill would become a viable one. And the interesting thing on all these quarterbacks we're mentioning. Is, wait, is Tannenhill the Matt Ryan, though? Like like a guy that like has been around for a long time, had some success, and now it's it's kind of over, and he'll get recycled through a couple of teams, and then. Well, I think I agree with you that he's been around and had some success. I think Matt Ryan was a was a better quarterback and had higher success. Obviously, well, I don't know. Was he though? Tannehill had a lot of success. He had a bunch of Pro Bowls. I thought he, I don't know, a lot of playoff runs. 
Yeah, I know, but he but he effectively he got dumped by his original team, the Miami Dolphins. He reclimated himself yeah, in Tennessee. Right? True. Matt Ryan had his entire career. He's in his what, 36, 37 years old. Tannenhill is still only, I think, like how old is Tannenhill? I don't know. Tannenhill question. is 34 years old. So like by today's time. NFL, he still has two or three good years ahead of him, but he may not be that far off from, from your point about Matt Ryan. I think that uh, the Colts are now, ironically, where quarterbacks go to die. If you can, if we can yeah, have any indication, that's a great point. That's a great point. But, but here's the big balancing act: is I can give a first round pick an extra capital and move up to get the young quarterback, and that means a certain thing for the trajectory of my franchise. But in a lot of these instances, it's going to be trading for a Derek Carr. It's going to be trading for a Tannenhill. It's going to be trading for a veteran quarterback, which means capital as well. So that's mm-hmm. like the question about this sweet spot of it. For the Arizona Cardinals, if there are QB needy teams, what are some teams asking for a brissette? You know, what, what is the asking price for veteran quarterbacks that they're ready to be moved on from? What's the asking price for a Garner Minshew? If that's too low, then it may not matter at the top of the draft. And you may say, hey, let's we'll take the flyer on a veteran, right? If it's so high that you start to get into that area where you say, well, we're borderline drafting a QB with the capital we're talking about. We might as well go up and have those conversations. And that's where these last couple of games matter for Arizona to be up there high enough where they can battle with the Bears and battle with these other teams that would be willing to jettison their, their, their top pick. The Cardinals need to get to three. It's four, I can't feel good that they're going to have the flexibility to be able to trade back like i just don't you know what I, I i don't think you know what you know what'll happen to them i i, I apologize full disclosure yeah. it'll happen to them like it happened with the giants um this past year when they had two they had two picks in the top 10 but there just wasn't anywhere to go the offers weren't coming no one yeah. was looking to come up now it's different because there's more high profile qbs at the top of this draft class but you already have positions you can go to at the top if you're a team that wants it. Cardinals may just get caught in that in-between, which isn't the worst thing in the world. By the way, the Giants ended up with you know a starting tackle and an edge rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau that looks like he's going to be a stud, right? So you can just end up getting a high-quality player there. It's just a matter of if you get Sean Payton and he says, I want as many assets as possible, and oh, by the way, you're going to give something up to acquire him, whatever that looks like. Gardner Minshew and Jacoby Brissett, both unrestricted free agents, by the way. Oh, so they'll walk right into it. Yeah. So th- those are going to be band-aid guys that are not going to need to be traded for. And not so, going to cost anything. Yeah. 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 So that's where I see when you see the list of like nine, it looks like nine or 10 teams need a quarterback. Like a couple are going to just pick up those guys and say, we'll yeah, just roll yeah. the dice. It's going to be like Daniel Jones, by the way, is another interesting name to watch too, probably with what, with what they choose to do with him. Um, <sighs> I just because he's on that one because of the success this year, right? It's like (laughs) you look at him compared to it. He's a top twelve QBR quarterback this year. He's led, you know, doesn't have a lot of receivers, and 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 he probably he enters that in between space. Well, it's not. He's better than a Gardner Minshew. Uh He's better. He's not a band aid quarterback, but is he a deep playoff run quarterback, or do we want to go all the way for go all in for a Tom Brady for one year, you know, or go in for some of these guys that have a track record? But he could muck things up too. So I mean, it just it's fascinating. Because it is a totally at, different cast, but intriguing all the same. Does anyone look at Tom Brady and say, like, oh, this guy with the right pieces around him might still be the guy? Because you look at him right now, Tampa's got a lot of pieces. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what more? That's why I think the Raiders move makes all the sense. It's your former offensive coordinator. Yeah. He'll probably sign a relatively low-cost deal. You know, it's not yeah. going to be for $45 million. It'll be for 20 or something. 
And, you know, okay, easy, easy landing spot for me if I want more one more run. Because, by the way, originally it had always been he wants to go back. He wants to go to San Francisco, wants to go back home. But if it's not going to be Jimmy G again, you still have Trey Lance. You have Purdy popping off a little bit. Like it just Niners are not going to be. There's the no reason for, for them to yeah, yeah to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. That being the uh, case, though, the last yeah. thing I think that we want to close out on here is I want to make sure we give this proper time. The other component is Sean Payton does get hired. They bring him in. They make it happen. And now you start to look at this roster and think about who's going to be or not be here. And you've been watching Hard Knocks in season, and it looks like one high-profile name may be letting you know if he'll be or not be here. I didn't see anyone catch this, so I'm really excited for this episode to drop, and and I'll then start tweeting this out because I don't want any of the other podcasts to run with this nugget until <laughs> right. we we uncover it here. But here, I'm going to play the audio. This is about 14 minutes in on Hard Knocks. Hopefully, it's kind of bad, but you'll get the point. Here we go. The future is unwritten. <laughs> There's nothing better. Sorry. So yeah, clean up what was being communicated, and it was communicated by DeAndre Hopkins. But there's yeah. nothing better than the voiceover work. The future is unknown. Unwritten. The future is unwritten. Unwritten. Sorry. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No. That was the pageantry. So that was DeAndre Hopkins talking to James Conner at practice, showing some love. Uh, you know, getting ready. It was probably Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, one of the last practices, whatever. And uh, it was leading right into that game against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. And he says, what's what's up, my boy? Only three more games together. Left, he's three more games left together. You don't know what the future holds. Yeah. Why would you say that when you're both under contract and like there's been no real rumors of you leaving? like being traded or anything like that. Like I get it. NFL is a business. You never know what's going to happen. But like that to me sounds like a person with intent of, and I remember seeing not too long ago, a couple weeks ago that Hopkins is a name to watch as someone that may look to, may ask to be traded at that point sure. and, and maybe asked to move this off season. The other tidbit that I found when I searched DeAndre Hopkins trade, because I was trying to find that story from a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Well, from about 15 hours ago, 20 hours ago, DeAndre Hopkins, and it's since been unliked. So these, and I, and I saw a couple people post this, so I believe it's legit. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins to some BS rumor, Twitter site. The, the story is with not many wide receivers on the market in the off in the off season, a name to watch is Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is a team yeah. reportedly could have loads of contracts this off season. Yep. Well, DeAndre Hopkins liked that post by that NFL rumors site and now has since unliked it because people started to run with it. Yeah, so I saw, I saw that uh, pop up there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Deandre Hopkins is letting subtly trying to let people know, like, I want to move. I want to be out of here. And it makes me wonder, you know, I brought this up to a couple of buddies and they all said, well, what if we get Sean Payton? Does that change things? Maybe that makes him want to stick around. I don't know when hops looking at the fallout, of this season with, with backup quarterbacks and obviously fighting with Kyler Murray a whole lot and things like that. And Kyler Murray may not be your starter for the first few weeks. I know people are hopeful and saying he might be back by, by week one. DeAndre Hopkins only got so many years left of the league. 
I think yeah. at this point, he looks at like a J.J. Watt, who he's been teamed with forever, and says, this guy didn't get a ring. Like, Hopkins is a competitor. He wants a ring. So I could see him start being asked to move to a team that's a contender. I It, it does become really interesting, man. You look at, we remind everybody about his contract. Um, if he were to be, let's list it as being a trade pre-June 1 in the offseason, it's going to hit, you know, here's, this is why I, it, here's my, I have a couple questions for you because if they trade him in the off season, it's a $22 million dead cap, $8 million. Yeah, what about, in the, what about post June one? Does that make a difference? Now if you, yeah. Now if you get through that and you go post June one trade, it does, it flips in terms of the value. It's still going to be 11 million in dead cap, almost uh 19, four in cap savings. So you could say maybe it's going to be a long journey, but you can squint and see how it could make sense by the sometime later in the summer after some dust settles around the league, mm-hmm. team comes out and gets active on it. My well, question is, well, when did when yeah. did um uh oh that was on draft day. Never mind. I was going to say AJ Brown. When did he get traded? That was draft right. day. So that was pre-June 1st. Have we seen a marquee wide receiver get traded post-June 1st? I can't think of anyone. That's the only reason why it's like maybe that isn't likely. Yeah, to actually get well, and this is this is what brings me around to my other question on it is when you hear him say that and talking to Connor, who obviously is another veteran player under contract, when you hear you don't know what the future holds, mm-hmm. this is where to your point about well, if Sean Payton is if it feels like Sean Payton could be coming in, and, and Hopkins may not know anything about that, and he may not be putting yeah. any stock in it. But if Payton's gonna come in, you would think that some of the veteran talent would be the kind of guys that he would want to keep, at least in the short term, right? I have Kyler Murray. I have Hopkins. I have Connor. Like, I have weapons on this roster. I have Hollywood Brown. I want to keep this thing together and see what it looks like, and I can always assess at the deadline if we need to get into a bit of a more of a full rebuild scenario. When you hear Hopkins talk like that, it almost would make me think, or at least give me pause, that maybe the band is sticking together in terms of the head coach and the GM, because then you'd be jettisoning something that you feel like was a mistake. We brought in Hollywood Brown. He's our guy. We had signed Hopkins. We traded for him, gave up capital. He gets suspended. We need to retool this thing. It would make more sense to me if nothing was going to change from a front office and coaching standpoint, that some of the high profile veterans might get moved as opposed to if you brought in Sean Payton, because that's about trying to, you know, maximize and get the thing back on track as quickly as possible. Well, and and again, if they make the move, Sean Payton's got to can't put the cart before the horse, right? You, you got to the Sean, the GM and the, the head coach decisions got to happen rather quickly. I mean, we'll hear a month from now, we should know yeah. who the head coach is, right? And we should know who the GM is like that move will have happened. So at that point, you know, I'm sure if they're bringing a Sean Payton in, he's going to go to dinner with a DeAndre Hopkins. He'll go to dinner with some of right. these star players and have conversations with them and, and feel them out. Now, right. Hopkins, at that point, it's been a long season. So, see, see, would you see Hop say this stuff now? There's been a right. lot of losing, a lot of, you Culmination know, of, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. feelings can well, get yeah. involved, right? Like things can change. Let, let's go even, let, let's go the layer deeper, though. Do you think that him saying you don't know what the future holds and thinking that this could be the end for him, is that more about Kyler Murray? Is that more about, like, I don't want to play with Kyler Murray? You mentioned, like, it's the back end of my career. I don't know yeah. what the future holds. Like, I don't have any years I have left. I don't want to spend it playing with Kyler Murray. Because I, and I And I'm not even, whole, you know, wholeheartedly knocking Murray, but I could understand if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, who has played at a high level his entire career and has probably had to deal with a lot since coming to Arizona, 
I could see it being like, you know what I don't want to do is I don't want this experience anymore. Almost regardless of if you bring in Sean Payton. I agree. No, and I, that's where yeah. it's like, I don't know if a Sean Payton hire is going to change things because at the end of the day, uh, you look at it and it's like, if, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to get paid wherever I go. Getting paid doesn't matter at this point. Right. So where would I rather be? And he's a guy that values being looked at as a top receiver in the NFL. I could see him being like, hey, I want to go play with the number one QB somewhere. I want to go to Green Bay. I want to go to the Chiefs. Yes. Well, Jesus, God, why could, would you could, do that? Could they, but I'm saying, could they make that happen? I don't know what Juju's yeah. contract and MVS. Yeah, and yeah. They don't really have a star number one once they let go of Tyreek Hill. Like, Good they've Lord. got Kelsey. But yeah. but I'm saying, like, that's a team. He could say, yeah. I'm, yep, I'm going to go there today because I know they're going to be the hunt for it in January, February, where I have a strong feeling the Cardinals probably won't be. Yeah. I, I just look yeah. at teams that could probably, like, make room for him. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see him going to like the bills. Right. And I don't know what caps are. I haven't looked at any of this, but bills, you have digs already. Is it going to be possible to get two of those type guys under a contract? Um, I don't, I, I, you know, under, under, you know, on the roster. I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, but I don't know. You look at Miami and you see, but you know, granted waddles on a rookie contract. You see what they did with Tyree Hill and waddle. Like you've got two dynamic players. They were there. That team was kicking butt the first, you know, before the two of concussions, they were looking like the top offense in the NFL. And guess what? When you got a Clyde Edward Hilaire out there in Kansas City, and they rotate through guys all the time. Now they're on to yeah. Benchero, they, you know, whatever. But they have low-cost running backs, so that always ha- allows mm-hmm. you to spend a little bit more in another area. I don't have – I won't know what all their numbers are oh when God. we talk about, like, where the cap ultimately ends up. They're, they're, yeah. they're listed right now as having – you know, they're going to have 40 – uh, thirty million, but that's you know that's without who's free that's without agent, who's signing, people. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But you still have them to do, it. yeah. So that's interesting though. And again, that if, if a team wants to make room for a guy, they'll make room for a guy. But yeah, I'm just looking way, right? at like the the teams that like theoretically could want the services of a Hopkins that he would want to go to. When you say Green Bay, I just don't know when when players when marquee if players want to go it, there. Yeah, yeah. When they look at Aaron Rodgers now, is it like? Is he almost done? You know what I mean. Like when you Stafford look at Tom Brady, he's not retiring. How about uh, how about out to LA with the Rams? Yeah, you that know, like be... just re- reload. I just with don't Cooper see. Cup. I don't see in terms of trade. I just don't see the Cardinals making trades in division. You know, a lot of teams try to avoid AFC. that. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably want to ship him if they're going to trade him. If that becomes, if this all comes to fruition, you would think he's probably going to AFC, maybe Baltimore. They had some trade success with Baltimore, but would he want to play with Lamar? To me, that's very similar to being with Kyler Murray. I mean, still young guys that are, they're good, but are they, are they going to be fighting for that spot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All of this can't go with Burrow. Oh, you know where you could go? The Chargers. I get, I get, you know, I don't know where Keenan Allen's contract is, but uh, you know, yeah, he's getting older. Is he a free agent? I I don't know. How about, Sorry, I just answered everyone's problems. Just signed a high-profile wide receiver in the offseason. They're on the ascension. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> With your boy, Christian I, Kirk. I feel like if he wants to get traded, it's going to be to someone that is like a guarantee. Like that's The division winner. Here. The Jaguars know, are about to be the division winners. What about the Cowboys? 
That's NFC, but if you want to do I mean, it, I yeah. know. But I'm just saying, what about the if there's Cowboys? a team? Like, if there's a team that would that would throw a bunch of yeah. things at you as the Cardinals, sure, that's the team you should dream on for sure. Yeah, listen, here's what it comes down to: there's going to be no shortage, I think, of interest around certain of players. Suitors, yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially when it comes to a guy like Hopkins. Again, you're looking for like, hey, we just want it for the one year. He has the uh, there's an out in that contract after 2023, so it can be kind of a rental for a team as well, even if you pay a lot to get his services. So it does make it interesting. The bottom line is, hey, the how, Cardinals... how, wait, real quick, how crazy is it that how crazy would it be that we would probably get more draft capital for DeAndre Hopkins than we gave up to get DeAndre Hopkins? What did you get? What did you guys spend to get him? We gave up De- uh, David Johnson and that terrible contract, and I think a third, if I remember. Oh I wait, because this up. is at the end of the Houston Texans era when they were being run by clowns. Bill O'Brien just like yes oh by the way us. that was the example I couldn't think of Bill O'Brien mastermind GM and head coach that was that was the example the guy had full autonomy and he ended up selling off the now what we, I will say sent, is we sent we sent a second round he did have full autonomy that's right it was him yeah. uh David Johnson and a second round draft pick for a fourth round pick and and uh oh wait wait, wait. we'll send the Texans a second round pick in this year's draft and a fourth round pick so we sent a second a fourth and david johnson but we received a fourth back from houston for right. for hop so the fourth's kind of wash all things considered so we really just gave up a second and david johnson for deandre hopkins we gave a second round pick but could we get a third and maybe another pick like a third and a fifth to me that's almost more than what you gave up yeah so all these things will be interesting to see everything depends on how the Cardinals finish their season, how high in the draft board they can rise, how much interest there is in pursuing a pick to draft a quarterback, and do the Cardinals actually land Sean Payton? Because guess what? Otherwise, we're having a totally different conversation this Mm offseason around the Cardinals organization if it's Cliff Kingsbury trying to just go ahead and figure out his relationship with his quarterback and retool and get things right back. Can you just just close your eyes, Tyler, and dream on, on... Preseason game number one, when you talk about the new wrinkles that Cliff is bringing out for Kyler Murray in this offensive system. Although you won't be able to do that because Kyler will still be injured. So It's post-Christmas, but I'm asking for Santa right now. Like I've been good, <laughs> I, I'm on the nice list. I've been a good guy. Yeah. Can you just give me something? Like give me a nice present for 2023 of Sean Payton, and we mm-hmm. get away from all this miserable nonsense. Okay. I need but again, again, Amazing this is what I'll, this is what I'm ended on before we close Michael Bidwell, the last couple of years and this team have made splashes. Like what well, you can almost date it. Like it lasts four or five years. Like, cause even yeah. if I go back past, we talked about Kyler Murray and then Rose in the year before, I think the year before that might've been the Chandler Jones trade where you right. traded Jonathan Cooper for, for Chandler Jones. And that was huge. Like, the Cardinals have made off-season noise for like six years. Where there seems like Green Bay, who do nothing every off-season, so if they could just make in-season noise. Yeah, it would all, <laughs> it would all, it would all come together. Uh, Tyler's going to get us out of here. If you're uh, getting us on the on the visual side of things, because Tyler will be promoting this episode. You're hearing the promotion yeah. right now. Um, apologies for the makeshift setup that I was bringing to the table today. I've got sunlight in my eyes. I've got black TVs glowing behind me. It's a mess, Tyler. But nevertheless, the show was still quality. Well, you're you're in the new Casa de Bird God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Casa de Bird, Jesus. Yeah. I never thought a nickname was going to follow me around in a very strange Bird. way, but here we are. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Burgig Palace, we should call it. Uh, the bird got Adam, producer Adam. He he actually moved, and so that's why the setup is uh, quite suspect for this episode. But he'll get things together. He'll get things together for future episodes. Uh, with that being said, make sure you download and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You can also go to cardinalspodcast.com, but whatever you do, don't forget to kick off in the valley, and I'll see you in Atlanta. Go!